Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate abner mares is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man that he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, and being a husband and a girl dad, which is pretty rad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That is right. The international break is over, Nick. Brandon, though, didn't his alarm didn't wake him up clearly he is still on international break time but you and i are here and we are ready to go and we are happy that chelsea football and the premier league is back look we were we were getting all excited you know brandon missing a show is really great for us you know we gotta come on and just do whatever we want you know he really keeps us tight and we have to you know we like to spread our wings a little bit we were almost going to do another dan and nick show but we were rescued we rescued Dan. By whom? So joining us today, super happy to have him on. We chatted with him a very long time ago when he was starting his podcast about Southampton. That right, this is the Southampton match preview. We have Matt Markstone joining us, who hosts the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Matt, welcome to the pod. Good to chat in person, virtually at this time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and. Uh, I've, I've talked to Nick plenty of times. I think I bug him probably way too much on uh, on Instagram and things, but uh, thanks for having me on the show. Well, we are super excited to talk football. We're super excited to talk about this upcoming match. So we're going to start by getting a little bit of a preview about what's going on with Southampton start to the season so far. So in case you're not aware of exactly how their journey is going to date, we're going to talk about the importance of the result for both sides. Get in then finally to our wonderfully inaccurate match prediction such as lineups and score predictions at the end because you know Nick is so so good at it this season and Kobe. 
No, no, not at all. Uh, but good Lakers shout out to their uh, wonderful championship. So we are going to jump right in. We're going to talk about Southampton and how they've done so far this season. So I think we just we're going to turn it right over to you, Matt, and ask how are you feeling about the first run of games, the return to this season, especially in the context of last season where you were almost looking over the precipice at what a championship side for Southampton would be. And thanks to some wonderful results from other teams helped to lift up Southampton from uh, that fate. Yeah. So there were long stretches of last year where everybody was, was concerned about the future of the club and, um, the nine nil, which we all as Southampton fans joke about, you know, we, there's basically a poll to see how soon the announcers will mention it. Uh, whenever we play a match, uh, oh, the nine easy betting out. odds. That's yeah. Yeah. Easy under five all the time. Um, and it, it usually happens. So, um, you know, going forward from there, there were a lot of people thinking that, that Ralph, uh, you know, if the board were to let him go at that point, people kind of understood that that might've been, you know, the right thing to do, but, um, I think most fans were were happy that Ralph stuck around, and then the turnaround since the uh, since the enforced break, I think, was was fantastic, and the results that went forward from there really gave Southampton fans a lot of um, a lot of confidence going into this this season. We felt like we just needed a couple of signings, maybe, um, and some improvements over the summer transfer window, and then we would be kind of set. And, and then this year happened, and and um, the Athletic put out a poll. And we were top of the table in terms of um, being positive for the season. Like 98.9% of fans were positive. And then we lost one nothing to Crystal Palace and 5-2 to Spurs. Um, our new signings didn't really get on the pitch. And everybody kind of started freaking out. We had this super high line against Spurs that just watched us get carved open over and over again. It was Harry Kane with all kinds of space to play a ball into Sun. It was just like, what's happening? And at that point, everybody freaked out and everybody kind of like went what's happening. And then since then we've, we've gotten two wins. Um, we beat Burnley who have, they've frustrated us in, in recent seasons. So uh, I'd say the immediate start wasn't great. Um, if we choose to play a line that high again, like we did against Spurs, I have no doubt that you guys will tear us to pieces, but I think we've, we've learned a little bit of, of a lesson, but uh, the, the, you know, going into to West Brom, we, we needed to take those points we managed all 18 points against the promoted sides last year. So we were looking to continue that. And I'd say right now we're kind of back where we started, maybe not 98.9% positive, but um, you know, six points from, from four games, I, uh, Southampton will take it. I think, I think uh, Burnley uh, do that to everybody, by the way, <laughs> uh, they, they have been a bogey club for us in the past, although we've beaten them pretty soundly uh, as of late. Uh, I, I remember thinking last year and obviously the, the nine nil is the, you know, the, the one that everyone's going to remember because it's just so recognizable as a scoreline. But I also remember that you guys had a just clinical performance against Man City at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys beating Leicester in the payback game at the end of the year, which helped us dramatically um, as, as we climbed to a Champions League spot. So uh, thank you. Um, and then I remember you beating us at the bridge uh, on, on Boxing Day. And, and so it tells me that there is... There are big game performances in your team. It may not be as consistent as you would hope for as a Southampton fan, obviously. But can you maybe talk about the mentality of the team going into a, a, a game like Chelsea? Um, this is obviously going to be a tough one uh, for mm-hmm. for both of us, probably. But 
um, you know, just talent disparity would say it's probably going to be a little bit harder on you guys. Yeah. No, uh, I think if you look at the squad depth, obviously you guys have, uh, <laughs> I, I'm envious, I should say, um, not only because you have an American that plays for you, but also because uh, just the rest of your squad, um, you know, everybody playing fantasy football probably owns all of you guys and, and maybe just Danny Ings for us or maybe Alex McCarthy, but that's because he's cheap. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think in, in terms of those performances, that that game at the bridge, we didn't have Danny Ings play that match. And we all kind of looked at the lineup and went like, why did I just get up on one and a half hours sleep to watch this? And yet I was surprised. <laughs> um, that goal from Michael Obafemi uh, and, and the dance after was fantastic. And um it, it does show you, it does tell you a little bit about the mentality of the team. And, and Hassan Hoodle has the team playing in a way where kind of up and down the squad, everybody's going to come out and run and press. And there's kind of no room for you in the squad if you don't. And we saw that over the summer. Um, Sofian Buffal, who everybody can see has a ton of talent. Uh, he can beat people off the dribble. Um, he is inconsistent, but in the end, he just wouldn't do enough running. And Hassan Hoodle wanted nothing to do with him. We, we, um, you know, we, we let guys walk away, uh, sever, like kind of severed their contracts this season and just said, you know, go play elsewhere. And that's a huge step for a club to, I mean, we did it to our record signing as well. Um, you know, to, to let 19 million kind of walk away like that because he just doesn't fit anymore shows that we have some belief in the club and the manager is really demanding certain things out of the squad. So I'm actually pretty happy with that. And I think that despite, um, uh, you know, some of our guys coming back from international duty, we have Stuart Armstrong who tested positive. Uh, for COVID-19, he's been isolating uh, away with Scotland. So I don't, I doubt he'll come back and play because he won't be able to enter training until, until Friday. Um, so he probably is out. Uh, I know we're gonna talk about predictions later, but I'm just thinking about the, the, the guys that could be on the pitch, but basically they're all known quantities and they're all going to do the exact same thing they've been doing. Um, the, the only, the only question is who fills in on that, on that right wing spot our, our inside 10 position. Um, and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll see, uh, I mean, it might be Theo Walcott. So you, you have, I think there's a little bit of history there. So I think there, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how he, see how he gets on. Well, I, I think that that teases in well to some of the changes from that side that we played last season that you know, was able to, to take, you know, three points from us, you know, a couple of big name signings. I think one of the other ones that probably most fantasy Premier League players actually own is Kyle Walker Peters, mm-hmm, you know, from an at- attacking, um, attacking back. And then you have Theo Walcott coming in. You mentioned a few moments ago, just that the signings really that have been added to the side didn't hit the ground on all cylinders, aren't firing right away. How are those players looking now? I mean, obviously Walcott was a late addition in the window, um, but with all of the new players, what are you, who are you excited about and, and who do you think of the new signings is going to have the most impact on your side this season? Yeah. And I should say, uh, we talked about new signings team not, not showing up yet. I mean, Kyle Walker Peters is excluded from that. I kind of just, uh, I forgot that we had him <laughs> on loan and then bought him because he was playing with us. Um, but, but he's, he's a pretty good example because last year when he came on loan, he came during the January transfer window and he kind of didn't show up until after the enforced break uh, due to the pandemic. And when he, once he started playing, there was never any question that he was going to lock down that spot. And all, uh, I think I can say all, I don't normally say about all of the Southampton fans were really happy when he signed that contract and became permanent. Um, we had Hoiberg go the other way. Um, but his, his, he's had the, uh, the pass before the assist in several, in several chances. And if Che Adams could actually score, he would have had a couple assists, uh, of assists already. And so his performances have been really great and they are integral because, um, typically on that right side, uh, Armstrong tends to tuck in a little bit and allow, 
uh, Kyle Walker Peters to overlap, and he tends to play a little higher than Bertrand, uh, which can leave our uh, the right side of our defense a little open. So down your left uh, may, might be something that you watch. Um, because the center back has to do a lot to cover that area. But um, in terms of, of Salisu, um, that we all needed, we, we know we needed a center back um, coming into the season, and we were excited to get uh, a young um, you know, player that will improve. But I think he had a total of like 21 top flight uh, performances or appearances um, in his entire career and didn't come to football until very late. So um, coming into to our squad. He has all the physical attributes. Uh, he has the mindset to grow, but he's not yet ready and hasn't made an appearance for us at all. Uh, he was nursing an injury initially when he came over, but um, all of us were really excited and we were kind of wondering where he fits in. And, and the truth is we just don't know yet because he hasn't, he hasn't been there. And then uh, the other, the other two signings, you mentioned Walcott earlier, he just came in on loan, but I bet you he plays this, this week, this weekend. And then uh, Ibrahima Diallo, I, I don't think you'll see it all. Um, I'd be surprised if he even makes the bench because I think he's only trained with the team once or twice because he was away on, on, uh, under 21 French duty. So, um, but I mean, all of those guys fit a, a mold except for Walcott. Um, they're young. They're going to have some resale value when the time comes. Uh, they, they, you know, early on, in terms of contracts and stuff. So we didn't have to pay, you know, over, over the odds for them. So I, they all kind of fit a system that we're working with. I think Southampton fans are coming to grips with what that looks like and, you know, will realize we have to be patient. Uh, and then um, Hassan Hoodle also likes to take his time introducing these guys because he's not going to throw them in until they're ready to, to play the system. And he knows that he can trust them to do the running and do the pressing. Cause as soon as it doesn't happen, um, we, we break down and we get the Spurs result all over again. Yeah. If everyone doesn't do it, it all falls apart. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, we we obviously know about Ings. We we know a little bit about Bertrand, obviously as well. Um, <laughs> you know, besides some of the more well known players, you know, maybe maybe talk about your your James Ward Prouses or your Ramayus or you know a- any of these other guys. Who should we be looking out for in this squad? Just with the way that you guys are assembled, maybe talk a little bit about formation. Talk a little bit about. You know, a player that has under the radar kind of qualities. Well, normally I would say that that's going to be uh, Stuart Armstrong, but he's going to be missing for us. Um, but uh, the the formation that that Ralph likes to play, oftentimes it shows up as a as a four two uh, four four two uh, is how a lot of people will list it. Um, but really, the how how he refers to it is a four two 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 two. I think that's the number of twos, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, so just you know, two center backs and two fullbacks. The fullbacks get forward a lot um the line higher than the majority of the of the league but not the highest uh, we're not going man city heights here um we don't have a keeper who can sweep like that um and then from there in front of them you have basically two people sharing uh, each playing the number six position so you have james ward prowse sitting next to Romeo. ward prowse will be a little bit more advanced look for him to to be on the ball but we really lack that runner from either one of those deep positions. We don't have a player who can, who can do that. Hoiberg was the guy last year who tended to make that run into the box late. Um, and so with Romeo and James Ward-Prowse sitting there, we won't get that as much. Uh, sometimes we lack a little bit of, of I guess, we lack, we lack the ability to get forward kind of quickly and make that pass from midfield. So you'll see us work the ball um, out wide through um, through the fullbacks and then also through the the advanced midfielders or he calls them 10 the, the wide tens I guess is what he calls them um, and so you'll have Nathan Redman on the left most likely and probably Theo Walcott on the right 
Um, and, and so you'll see a lot of our play go down the, the wings and you'll have Kyle Walker Peters there to, to support, um, Walcott on, on, on the right. And, and of course, Bertrand overlapping with, with, uh, Redmond on the left. Um, you know, Redmond, sometimes he, he has games where he can be a, I guess an influence, but sometimes he just goes quiet. And that's the biggest criticism of him from Southampton fans is he's not consistent enough. He has pace to run at people, but sometimes just doesn't, doesn't do it. He doesn't, he won't, he won't take guys on one-on-one, which I think is what we, we want him to do. Uh, and then of course up top you have Danny Ings and you have Che Adams. Uh, Adams is kind of starting this year, like he did last year, lots of chances, lots of big chances, um, but can't, you know, he's had, the keeper pull off great saves. He's had the the crossbar deny him. He's had the post deny him, but he just can't seem to to get it in the net. So we're all kind of rooting for him to do that because we feel like once he'll once he does it, the floodgates will kind of open. Um, so maybe maybe against you guys will be when it happens. But um, after would be just fine with yeah, us. Yeah, that's fine yeah. too, right? Um, Book it for the next couple games down the line. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I'm thinking about pulling him out of my fantasy team this week. So. Um, this tells you how much confidence I have in that. Um, <laughs> but really, the a lot of our play is going to be how how you guys deal with us in wide positions, um, how you deal with our with our fullbacks trying to get forward, and kind of um, how a, a lot of times what people will do is they'll like I think Spurs just sat Son just out wide and just let him make diagonal runs in across the this in between the center backs, and that really causes a lot of issues. So. Um, look for for Ward Prowse or or Romeo to or Vestigard, who has been phenomenal. Um, I don't think he's allowed uh, a goal in the last like 280 minutes he's played or something like that. Um, he's he's been great for us and for Denmark. So you know we'll see how he does. But somebody's going to have to follow um, you know, your forwards and not allow them to hold up the ball and, and turn because when that happens, um, we're we're in serious trouble. Good thing we don't have any speed up front, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Good not an thing. area that we invested in at all this offseason. <laughs> well, we'll we're going to take a real quick break before getting into some of the the data points and making some of our predictions, but don't leave this podcast, listen to this ad and we'll be right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash podcast. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com forward slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easier to do just that. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. 
As I am the hairiest person on the show, Brandon and Dan both elected for me to do this ad read. But, to their chagrin, I actually own Manscaped products already, including the Lawnmower 2.0 trimmer, but they have gone and done even better. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replacement ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps to reduce grooming accidents, which is a very good thing. The waterproof technology also allows for you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your grooming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free so that you know you're in good hands. They even have a crop reviver to keep you fresh in the steamiest of conditions. Their foot duster foot deodorant is so good that it can reduce even the odor of the smelliest, dirtiest feet. All of this means that in the middle of the summer, with peak humidity, that you're doing everything you can to stay fresh. Use the code LONDONISBLUE and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. If you want to do a better job of grooming, all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone, and you will change your life for the better. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE, all one word. Upgrade your grooming routine with the luxury products of Manscaped. All right, so some fun little factoids, Nick. All about all about factoids. I, I know you love these. Love them. A couple that were actually shocking to us too. So the one <laughs> yeah. that we were probably the most surprised by. So Chelsea have won seven of their last eight Premier League home games, netting eighteen goals, conceding four, and keeping five clean sheets in that run. Yeah, think about the amount of shows that we've done. I, I can't remember that amount of like, oh my god, we got a clean sheet shows. Uh, that's kind of how I mark these things now. So you know, I it, it's amazing. Uh, it's it's eighteen and four. We can live with for sure. I mean, that's a that's all right. Well, and then the on the flip side, uh, Matt, there was a stat here that following the two and zero win at Stanford Bridge last season, Southampton are looking to pick up back to back away league victories against Chelsea for the first time since March of nineteen eighty five. Before I was born, um, <laughs> only only Dan yeah. was alive at that point. That's true. I was one ish at that point. <laughs> I mean, but that that's not surprising given our our record against the top six has has generally been pretty bad in recent in recent years, and and through some of that time, I should say that we were in the second division for for large portions of that time, um, but yeah, it, it the idea that we're going to go to the bridge and get a victory, like I said last year, you know, I kind of kicking myself when I saw the lineup on on Boxing Day, going, what am I doing, um, out of bed at this hour? But you know, we can be surprised, and I think the team. The team has some belief, which is something that, you know, we've we, we've gone through this kind of progression of managers that just got worse and worse and worse. And so, uh, I think now we we're all kind of behind the team. We know that if we show up, we can we can cause trouble. We saw the Man City result. We saw the the monkey off the back with with Leicester City. Um, you know, we we drew with United. We we can we can fight with teams, um, or we can yeah. do the Spurs thing. You, you guys drew against United too. That was fantastic. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, some some wonderful shithousery from Southampton in some big matches last year. Obafemi, right? Obafemi late. Yeah, I think that yeah. was that. Uh, there was a war pass free kick, but I can't remember if that was that game or the one before. Um, you know, we we had some stuff going with Zaha for a while, uh, but they kind of got the better of us this time, so I don't we don't bring that up anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna uh, look ahead to what we think the likely 11s are for mm. the squads and so uh, Matt we'll give you a second here to think about yours for Southampton but Damn. Nick I'm gonna throw to you 
Dan, you missed the most important factoid of all. Which is the most important factoid? I only picked two. I didn't want to like bog down that section. Yeah, but I'm going to bog it down because it's really important. <laughs> Since the start of last season, a, a season in which we conceded a bajillion goals. No Baj- side is that cons- the actual number? Bajillion? One, one bajillion. Great. <laughs> no side has conceded fewer home Premier League goals than Chelsea. 18, excluding the promoted clubs, obviously. That's all right. That's Again, that's the most important stat. How is it possible? I don't know, but I'm happy that we're doing it. All right, move on. Surely Fulham have conceded 18 by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's oh. rude. No, the the the, the, the joke beat. from our end would have been that would have been half the goals that uh, you had conceded in your nine out loss. <laughs> I should have just shut up. <laughs> uh, or a third of the goals that we conceded to Bournemouth on in under Mauricio Sarri. So like that's you know uh, look there's there's always we can cut it to make everybody feel poorly about it. But anyway, yeah. likely elevens the lineups that will grace the field this weekend this Saturday. Nick, who are you thinking Frank Lampard is going to pull in this match? And I think the the caveat that we'll have is that uh, Frank Lampard has not had his press conference yet, so we don't necessarily know if there's any new injuries or situations. Also, The Athletic did publish a little bit of an update indicating uh, that Ziyech looks like he is healthy to play. Mendy, unlikely to play, still out injured, but hopefully back for the Champions League match against Sevilla. And that Chilwell is likely to feature as well. All right. Uh, can I say first, before I get into this, the the international breaks between now and the Euros are absolutely unequivocally pointless and stupid. Awful. Why are we doing this in the middle of a pandemic? Why? Not only are you going to have the, the stupid COVID tests that are going to come back with Stuart Armstrong and a bunch of other players, but you're going to have pointless injuries like Mendy. Why? It, like, we got to shut this down. We got to figure it out. Like, it doesn't matter. Play the Euros. We already know who's going to be in the Euros. We're fine. Like, just do a do a draw. Let's keep the Premier League intact. That's my that's my plea. And I know that the Premier League bosses absolutely listen to the show. So, well, I mean, you you were the whole person who canceled the uh, the plan. You you look, phoned in to the Premier League and said, "Look, this plan right now, not good. Done, look, guys. Look, I know you guys were waiting around for for my take on the on the big picture or whatever the hell it was." Not very good. I wouldn't do it. And they were like, look, you make a really good point. Really good point. Um, All right. So starting lineups. Here we go. Uh, Knowing that Mendy is not going to feature and that Kepa just got back off of a hopefully life-fulfilling Spain International uh, duty performance, uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a thing, Dan, that I'm I'm not loving, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to throw Kepa in there. And that's that's going to be a thing that I do. Uh, then I'm going to go with uh, man of the match for England in his first start for England, Reese James, right back. Then I'm going to go a little bit of a wild card, but I think with Thiago Silva coming back from Brazil duty and this being one of the players that I love to watch, Fikayo Tamori, I think he's going to get the start. He stayed and fought for his place at the club. Why not give him a chance? Uh, Kurt Happy Zuma, obviously. Uh, just as valuable uh, on the offensive side as he is on the defensive side. You know that. Goal scorer of of ill repute. Uh, then I will go Dave at left back. I have a sneaky feeling that Showell's not going to be ready for this one. And I don't know where that's coming from besides, like, the precautionary return from England duty. But 
I just have a feeling Lampard's going to go with Dave just for a little bit of solidity there. Uh, I also have a weird feeling about Conte, which is not mm. great for me. So I'm going to play Kova at the kind of the six role, and then I'm going to throw Kai and Mason in there for extra support. Um, I, of course, if Mason's healthy, he's going to play for the most part. So that's an automatic team sheet right in. Uh, then my front three, where, where the where the business is done, Christian Pulisic making his first start of the Premier League. He's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. He's been training. He didn't go on the dumb international break because, lo and behold, the United States is not a place where you can play international football right now. So in your face, FIFA. Um, Timo Werner and uh, Hakim Ziyech, Dan. Mm. Debut time. Yeah, so... Uh, There's a lot going on there, admittedly. There- there is a lot going on. So I'll go here and just say where I agree and disagree. So I, I think Keppa will start as well. I think Reese James makes sense. I think Zuma makes sense. I'm a little bit varied on you. I think if Frank has them past fitness, Silva and Chilwell also start. I know Silva, pretty big turnaround from getting back from Brazil and, you know, just in kind of the Tuesday, Wednesday time frame to get back and start this weekend. But yeah, he's a professional. He's going to make it happen. He's going to make it work. Uh, and I think Chilwell probably caught a little bit of the I don't want to play international football-itis. And so I certainly hoping- don't want to play in a, in a back five-itis. <laughs> what is going on? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that's the actual situation we ran into. I, I know that the precautionary method with, with Conte maybe means that he um doesn't start in your lineup i think he'll start for for us i do think it you'll you know Havertz after a phenomenal appearance uh for germany and then also man of the match appearance there uh mason mount also part of that midfield kind of playing as the the dueling eights and then a front of christian pulisic getting a chance to start which will make all of us extremely happy um maybe only you slightly happy as the yeah. American side of you, Matt, not necessarily the Southampton side of you. And then uh, Timo Werner. And I think Calum Hudson-Doy gets the start. I think Ziyech is a substitute in the 60, mm. 65th minute just to give him a little bit. You know, he only got 30 minutes uh, on international duty. Might need just a little bit more time to bake before he's the uh, the lock starter. So with all that said, Matt, maybe before we kind of hear how you think Southampton's going to line up, which lineup scares you more? There's only a few differences in here, but is there a lineup that scares you more? Nick's? Mine? Mine? Nick's? Mine? Mine. <laughs> Honestly, they're both terrifying. Um, <laughs> what and, a statesman. What and a it, statesman. <laughs> and you, I, you, may, you may or may not know this, but I hate Mason Mount um, for what? a number of reasons. Yeah. No. Well, he's, he's a Portsmouth kid. So that... Uh, okay. uh, and he, if you... Uh, recall last season he shushed the crowd against us and um i think i think like every stand the family stand would fight him at at saint mary's if it was allowed to um so i've developed i don't i haven't like i tend to stay out of that stuff but i don't like that guy um so th- oh, that, that's that. And, and he, and I think he's there's a bo- cheeky bet on a Mason Mount goal coming in. No, no I can't do that because <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, it always backfires. But um, so he's in both of your lineups. So you, you've, you've already got me going there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think, honestly, I'm looking at, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't give you an, I can't give you an answer. Um, I, Dan, I can't believe you don't have Aspilicueta in your lineup at all. 
like that. This, that, is, I don't this know. is the season where that's happening, though. And it, it's, okay. it's just yeah. something we're getting a little accustomed to. I think there's okay. going to be, I mean, look, we, we know there, yeah, we've got Champions League, we've got uh, FA Cup later in the season, we've got these stupid international breaks that might injure players. Um, you know, Reese is going to need rotation. Chilwell is going to yeah. need rotation at points here. And Aspie's going to get a lot of featured minutes. I just think that, especially after, um, Re- you know, Reese's performance on international duty, yeah. I, I just don't see how you can't start him. Yeah. Particularly no, I, with the pace and the the speed of your your backs. Uh-huh. Like, I just, you know, I would want to kind of go toe-to-toe and not have to worry about, like, you know, kind of tracking back or kind of getting back into place. Uh, that's a good point. If you can pin us back, we 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 are likely to break down. Um, so I think that's really good. But they both scare the hell out of me, honestly. Uh, <laughs> like I don't. It, it makes me want to cry. Um, and also, honestly, like used, our our squad used to be impossible to predict because they were just throwing out all kinds of things. But uh, as of late, it's been pretty solid. Um, McCarthy is going to be in goal. There's almost zero doubt about that. Um, the the back four will consist of Kyle Walker Peters, um, probably Bertrand. Uh, sorry, Bertrand will, will play on the left as well. Uh, center backs will probably be um, Jan Badnarak and, and, and Yannick Vestergaard. So not a lot of pace there. Um, you're not going to win a lot of things in the air against them. And but if you can get Vestergaard turning and running towards his own goal, there isn't a player on the field who couldn't beat him in a foot race even with a head start he is very slow um his pace is like 38 on fifa if that's a reference you can get um and that was generous i think but uh that that unit's been pretty solid since vestergaard came in for jack stevens um he had a couple of lackluster tackle attempts against against spurs that kind of have we haven't seen him since then um but you you should also watch out for some uh, some long diagonals from from vestergaard he can actually pass the ball really really well um it's when people say good touch for a big man, I think. But um, <laughs> going forward, you'll have Ward Prowse and Romeo sitting in there. And then um, I would say it's going to be Redmond on the left, probably Theo Walcott on the right. And then I would imagine it's Sunni Ings and, and Armstrong up front. Ings was away and so was Ward Prowse with England, but neither one of them played very many minutes. So I don't see any issue with them coming back mm-hmm. into the team. Uh, and really, they're just two of our best players. Um, Ings will score goals. But Ward Prowse can hurt you from a number of, of positions, whether it's uh, it's dead ball deliveries or even um, if he finds himself slightly wider, he can play um, kind of he, he can play some penetrating passes. Just does he get himself into the position in open play to be able to do that? Um, sometimes our system lacks that, but um, we may just send balls over the top for Redmond to run onto and hope we can get lucky, um, which I'd be okay with, honestly, because I think it's exciting. But well, yeah, like, given I, all that, Nick, there's uh, plenty for us to digest, but which Southampton player out of all the ones that Matt has talked about are you most nervous of, you think is going to be the one that's going to cause Chelsea the most frustration on the day? Because I think that Conte is not going to play. I think that Ward Prowse is, is the guy for me. And, like, obviously we all know that Ings had a great season last year. Like uh, this is not taking anything away from Ings. I just think that, well, Chelsea uh, over the last year and a half have not been uh, very good at set pieces. So if we are in a position where we foul or we give up a bunch of corners, that could be a problem. And I also just think that we may not have the dominance of midfield, even with three that, that we normally would with, with Angola Conte. So I'm going to go with Ward Prowse, Dan. Final answer. Yeah, I, I think 
if something wonky is going to happen in a game, which I think is likely to happen this season with the way that VAR and the handball rule has come into prime conversation in a fair number of matches, too many, is I think Ings on the ball and then also from the from the penalty spot uh, are things that concern me, particularly with not having Mendy in goal. So I think it's hard to look past Danny Ings as the player that is going to give me the most night terrors between now and our, our match kicking off. I think that's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good worry from you, especially he's, he's scored like almost 50% or I think maybe slightly more than 50% of all of our goals in the premier league, uh, since the start <laughs> of last season. So he is, uh, at one point last year, when I looked at all the numbers, he had scored a higher percentage of goals than anybody else, uh, for any team. Um, you know, just all of our goals went through him. So it's, if you can shut him down, but good luck. We need Kurt Zuma to be uh, emptying his pocket after the game, pull out his keys, pull out his wallet, mm. pull out a little Danny Ings, oh, you know, pull out a couple more of old oh. receipts, you know, yeah. some loose coins, and then be good to go. Um, all right, so we're getting close to wrapping this. We're going to go through three reasons why. So three reasons why Chelsea will win, um, which you can also participate in, Matt. Uh, and then three reasons why Chelsea will lose slash draw, which are the ones that you will probably be more excited to talk about. But we'll start with why Chelsea will win. Nick, what is the reason Chelsea will win this match? So Matt gave up the whole game. The whole tactical game he gave up <laughs> earlier. The the diagonal run across, I think, from Pulisic and Ziyech is going to be a lot to handle. And I see a very hungry Christian Pulisic entering the fray uh, against you guys. And I think it, it potentially spells disaster if, if things go just the right amount of wrong. Um, so I, I would say that Pulisic and Ziyech as a as actual wingers playing for Chelsea uh, because of injury they have not featured this year uh, will make a huge amount of difference. And uh, obviously, Matt, you, you saw what Christian did at the end of last year. He, he can be an absolute terror when he wants to be. So, um, yeah, I think that's number one reason why Chelsea will win. Matt, what, what's your thought? Why will Chelsea win this game? Is it what Nick said? Do you agree? Is that the thing? Yeah, I, I think just your pace of your front three is going to be something we are, have not dealt with yet. Uh, maybe we've dealt, well, I mean, we didn't deal with it against Spurs either. And that was only one player. Um, never mind, you have three guys up there who can absolutely uh, turn on the afterburners. So, um, yeah, that, it, like I said, your lineup has me, I don't like looking <laughs> at it. And, and the pace of those guys, I think, is going to be um, something to watch, uh, hopefully not for the neutral, but probably for the neutral. <laughs> I think uh, so. I like where you went with it, Nick. I think the way I'd actually frame it is a little different in that it, the reason we'll win is actually players in natural positions. So mm. Timo Werner will play centrally. Christian Pulisic will play on the wing. Callum Hudson-Odoi will play on the wing. You'll have Havertz. You know, I mean, he's probably more of a 10, but in an eight, which is definitely going to suit him a little bit better. So you're actually getting players in the right position for one of the first times this season versus playing Timo Werner on the left, which just completely takes away like all the wonderment that is watching him go and attack a, a defense. So I think because we'll actually start to see outside of Mendy and maybe, you know, late scratch on Chilwell and Ziyech not starting, we're almost going to have, I think for the first time this season, what our true 11 is going to start to actually look like. Yeah, I, I would say on... <laughs> On the entire thing, uh, on FIFA, 
new FIFA just came out. I've been playing a little bit. If you just move the positional thing in the formation, if you play a 4-3-3 and you move Havertz up a little bit, you move Mount just slightly adjusted, you have a pretty solid lineup going on there. So Havertz can play like the 8-10 if you really want him to. It's a dream lineup, but sure, I'm going to go with it. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we'll flip here and allow Matt to have some more fun than that part of the show, but we'll talk about why Chelsea will lose slash draw. So... Why do you think Chelsea would lose slash draw this match? I think that our pressing may actually cause you some issues, um, hmm. especially if you have Kepa playing. Uh, if you look at so many of the goals that Danny Ng scored last year, it was getting to the keeper, getting in the way of a pass. And, and Ralph likes to disrupt. He likes our players to disrupt the passing lanes and disrupt the rhythm and not let people settle. Uh, Ward-Prowse has gotten really, really good at the dark side of the game and just, um, you know, not allowing kind of quick counterattacks or anything like that, but also creating chances out of those. Ralph wants us to to win the ball back high up the pitch and within one or two passes have a shot. So I mm-hmm. think with that being the game plan, if we do it, um, we only need a couple of mistakes for it to, and mistakes that will force, not mistakes that you guys walk in or just kind of do on your own, which Kepa has a tendency to do. Um, but, you know, just the ones that we can create, I think that will, if we're going to win it, that's how we're going to do it. It's not, we're not going to have a ton of possession and try to break you guys down. That's not how this is going to work. And I don't think anybody's expecting it to be that way, but if we can press you the right way and everybody shows up and everybody can run the, the way, um, I mean, it's exhausting to watch, but if everybody can do that, I think we, if we have a chance. Nick, how do you think we will lose slash draw this game? If that happens, it certainly wouldn't want to be a negative influence on the occasion here. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think set pieces are still dicey for us. Um, Depending on who the back line is, right? So if you mm. do have Chilwell, that, that obviously provides more of an aerial threat on, on set pieces. Um, but I, I do think Ward-Prowse has given us trouble in the past, and I, I'm I'm weary of that because this team has a little bit of a case of the fouls right now. <laughs> As they grow up in their final form, they, they've been fouling a little bit. So... I think the key will be to not give away free kicks or, or a ton of corners in dangerous areas. Um, mm-hmm. But I still worry about that for us. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually going a little different. I think this is a type of game that Chelsea loses if we beat ourselves and in the most in the way that we have tended to most often than not over the last season is that we just don't convert our chances. So mm-hmm. I think it would be if we underperform like if we end up having like an expected goals of three or four and like we only score one which has happened <laughs> um if we regress to the mean a little bit or underperform in that regard like i, I think our conversion would be what is going to make me a con- concern because I-, I think that's where i would expect southampton to try to you know not give us like there are going to be shots in this game but I, I think they're going to try to minimize the high quality shots where it's going to be an easier to convert. And so it's going to force some tough shots, maybe from distance that are not always your, your highest likelihood opportunity to convert. And I think that's where Chelsea are going to struggle a little bit. I think that's where you're going to have to find the opportunity to break the line or you're going to have to have somebody be a little adventurous. You're going to have a, a Kurt Zuma shot from distance. You're going to have just something weird happen to try to try to make it work. Maybe a Mason Mount from distance just to... Yeah, wrap a nice little bow on this bad boy. <laughs> Just a bomb. Yeah, let's go. I like that. 
All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up with wonderfully inaccurate score predictions before we get you out of here. Uh, Nick, I see you put one in here and I, I don't love it. I mean, I sort of love it, but I don't love it fully. Mm, neither do I. Try live it in my head. Um, <laughs> I, I see a 2-1 squeaky win. I, I don't see a scenario yet. And it's not It's not to put the whole Kepa thing in, into the spotlight again, but I don't see a scenario where Kepa starts and we keep a clean sheet. So hmm. a 2-1 sneaky or a squeaky win, I should say. Also, it could be sneaky if you wanted it to be. Um that's that's kind of where my head is at right now. Matt, are you how are you feeling about a result for this? Where are you landing in your prediction? I have a really hard time predicting us to lose. Um, I just don't like to do it because I, yeah. I have to force myself <laughs> to be positive. But um, if I'm if I'm being really pragmatic, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think it's probably time that uh, you have three players up front if if your predicted lineups come through that are going to want to. Um, to really show what they can do. And so I would imagine that you guys are going to score. Um, I think if we're going to get a result, it's going to be like 2-2. I think it's probably more like we lose 2-1. Okay. Well, I'm going to round it out and actually say a little more of a, a bullish prediction here for Chelsea. I think we're going to, going to smash it up. I think we are going to leave prisoners. Uh, no prisoners will be left on the battlefield, and it's going to be hmm. a 3-0 win. Weird bit of optimism from Dan there. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Never optimistic. Uh, Well, that is it. Let Mm. us know what your thoughts were. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Carrier Pigeons, Telegrams, whatever you want to do to get us a wonderful message of thanks and congratulations. Um, Matt, just so people can can come at you and thank you for the time, where should they find you? Where should they find your podcast before we kind of wrap this up? Yeah, so the show's on Twitter and Instagram at SFCDELL, and then there's an underscore. I-V-E-R-Y, but the easiest way is just to go to SouthamptonDelivery.com and that gives people all of the uh, all of the links and everything else. Uh, all past episodes are there. Um, and there's two L's in delivery as a throwback to the Dell. Sometimes people need that explained. Um, it's not normally the new American fan that needs it explained. It's normally the person who's been listening or watching Southampton since you know the 70s and they go, why do you have that? It's like, well, it's a play on words, but like, it's fine. Um, so anyway, not to insult anybody who now everybody will hate me. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, southamdeliver.com. I'm rambling, so I won't do that. But, um, and, and I, I just do want to say, we just started a new uh, partnership with the saints archive to look more at the history. So we're talking to former saints players, uh, and allowing some of the fans who watch them play to kind of interview those players and, and kind of lead it in. So that's something we're just doing now, uh, that I'm really, I'm proud of that's for the season. So, um, if anybody's interested in that, talking to hearing some conversations with with former Saints, uh, that that's there for you now. That was this week's episode. That's right, but, man. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, I want to say thank you for having me on, guys. It's a it's a pleasure. Um, Nick, not to like gl- like praise you too much before this match. Oh God, no. uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, you uh, you you've you you've supported the show. Um, in a way that I, I can't say thank you enough for. So, so your words have been very influential. Um, you've been a guiding voice in the development of my show. 
So I just want to say thank you for that. And I hope that your golf matches go well. I'm yeah. just, I'm so surprised Same. you were able to course correct after so much poor information from Nick to really produce <laughs> a quality product. So it's well done real, to you, Matt. It's, it's a real underdog story, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you're, you're the, you're the coach, Nick, that gets fired. He gets replaced by the interim yeah. coach and they go to win the championship. That's, that's what happened here. Well, uh, but I anyway, a, I was a part of that effort. Damn it. I, you were I a part of a, that effort. I get, I get uh, a ring. You're the Dan Quinn to these Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so anyway, uh, that is going to do it for us. We're super appreciative that Matt was able to join us. Thank you for your time. Nick, always a pleasure. Brandon, where were you? Question mark. Hopefully you're here to talk about the game at some point. But anyway, we love you. We miss you. Go vote. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep a blue flag flying high.